You're listening to Out of Nowhere, a series featuring emergent brands with somewhat unexpected origins. Your host is Justin Watkins of Native Digital, a marketing firm specializing in brand messaging and performance media. Let's jump in. I'm a mission-driven person. I love technology. Technology is my playground. And well, I'm passionate for people. Basically, so all in all, I thrive for impact. So that's what that's what kind of you know brings me out of bed every day. The chance, the possibility of you know generating impact or being part of a um, of a company or a project that actually can will do something for for society at the end, right? And you know, reactive technology just ticks all the boxes. So it's amazing tech. So we have quite a unique um, solution. A great, it's a really a great team. So it's really about multi-skilled. Everybody's a guru. You know, there's a great working environment. So really, really, really good. And where what what we do actually, we are measuring the capacity that the grids have to handle or integrate renewable energy and this is something that nobody can do and only us are able to do so this means that we are you know center stage eye of the hurricane in the sense of enabling that you can have faster renewable integration in a safe uh, way that the grids operate and optimizing the overall cost so it's about you know it's net zero safer and faster. So, you know, it's uh, when 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 I had the chance to join, it was like, it's a no-brainer. It, you know, they got me on hello. <laughs> they got me on hello. That's great. Uh, one of the things that I think really clarifies for people is, you know, if this, if this organization, this technology didn't exist, you know, what would the, what would the world be missing? And it sounds like from your point, a whole lot. And by the way, if we don't do this, there's nobody else in line right now to do this. And so we're going to kind of pioneer this technology and make sure people are aware of it and understand the benefits of that. Absolutely. And, 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 and doing it in a sustainable way. So I think there is, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, um, you know, everybody understands it, let's say um, that we, we can't continue as, as we are, you know, from, climate change perspective, environmental perspective. So we need to decarbonize our society. We need to decarbonize the grid. So the grid is like 30% responsible for 30% of the global emissions. So we need to focus on electricity or energy, energy market, electricity grids. We need to do that. That's it. And we need to do it faster, much faster than, than, than we are. And, you know, we are not anymore in a, in a world where money doesn't care you know it's 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 you know the, that resource is more and more scarce so we've seen that some some grids actually invested a lot in in renewables had to invest a lot in the grid stabilization um, um, solutions and that basically meant that you know the costs of the energy went just sky high and that means that the, you know the consumers have to pay. Um, and that doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not sustainable anymore. So what we do actually is we share the light, right? We can, we give the, the, the grid operator clear notion 
where the limits of the grid are. And this means that they can actually optimize to the full capacity of the grid um, the, as much en renewable energy as, as, as it can, which means uh, you can speed it up and you don't need to invest as much as you thought you would because you're being conservative. Yeah. Because that's the issue. It's, the thing is, before, you couldn't measure inertia. And inertia is this capacity of the grid to stabilize itself uh, when, when you have uh, renewable energy coming in, so to say. Um, and if you're, if you're running blind, right? If I would ask you, Justin, so, okay, you know, just run straight and your eyes open, you run, you know, it's, it's okay. You run, you jump, it's fine. If you pull a blindfold, that's a whole different story, right? And that's that's what happens today. So the grids, they can't have, the, they don't have the capacity or the the tools to to understand where they are in terms of capacity. Obviously, this is, you know, very serious stuff. Um, you know, an event can provide a blackout. So and that's not acceptable. Um, so what do you do? Obviously, you you are conservative. You say, well, I have to assume that I have less capacity to integrate um, renewable energy, and that has really two serious implications. One is for the the capacity, the renewable um, generation capacity that you already have in your grid, you cannot use it to the full extent. Hence, the, you know, this um, uh, awful world, word uh, called curtailment, which is you don't use it, you switch it off and you just replace it for conventional carbon-based generation. Um, and regarding the new projects coming in, either you say, well, I don't accept any more in, and that's not, you know, that's not acceptable. So nobody will say, so that what you say is, well, well, okay, you can connect, but you'll have to invest, you know, millions in grid civilization, uh, infrastructure and that's time and that's money. It's cost. So that's what we bring transparency real-time measurement, highly accurate, to allow the grid operator to operate safely, but using the, the, the full amount of capacity of the grid. Yeah. If I was trying to explain this to someone outside the industry or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm thinking about my kids, like my kids are like, why is this important, dad? Like, why does this matter? I would say, well, we used resources that were, we felt like were in abundance, but turns out had some major consequences but it was cheap and it was stable. And now as we start to integrate into new sources, um, it's not always as stable. It, it comes with different, you know, there's different kind of use cases. There's just different scenarios, but fortunately we have technology and data that can be used to help uh, make smarter decisions. And the way we used to work in some ways, uh, we could almost kind of operate with less data, it was not necessary. Like we could just kind of lean on that. Now, now we have all these different sources, but if we operate in the same ways with this lack of understanding, it's not gonna work or it's gonna be a slower transition or it's gonna be, or we're gonna have all these expenses that get passed on to the person who's flipping the switch on, which is also not acceptable because we've been conditioned that it needs to be stable, it needs to be affordable. And so now we're in this process of trying to figure out how to bring all of that together. So that's my like really dumbed down way of my understanding to it. What would you correct in that? Or what would you add to that? Nothing at all. Just that's spot on. <clears throat> I would just, you know, just add that we, so the grids were built on a certain padding, right? 
and that is centralized bulk energy generation using um doesn't matter if it's coal gas uh, or nuclear in terms of fuel so to say the thing is all of them have in common <clears throat> a spinning generator it is like a you know the the jet the jet um the jet engine of an airplane very similar but the thing is it spins right and it's the spinning that actually generates the electricity that flows into the grid but the thing is that spinning and this is a mechanical attribute that spinning the mass spinning actually has a as a bad byproduct what is called inertia right? and that inertia is what is the tool that the grid uses to stabilize itself right so the, the electricity production is stable because you are you know spinning at the same rate at the same speed so it's stable and on top of it it produces what the grid needs to handle everything and just you know fly smoothly with any disturbance or perturbation that the grid may have if you go for renewables it's just the opposite it's intermittent by nature so it's unstable and the grids do not like that they were not built based on a an intermittent unstable generation um, mode and they don't produce inertia anymore so it's like you go from the double you double you know your 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 seat belts double booked to the perfect um, um, storm scenario where you're giving what the grid doesn't like and you're taking off the grid what it needs to stabilize itself and that's why we are relevant here because if, and, and as everything is changing fast you didn't need to measure inertia because it was a given it was there right so all the models that you had uh, excel or you know estimations were also based on how things worked the moment that this is disruptive the models don't apply anymore they're not accurate anymore so that's when i said well you're you know kind of driving blind or running blind it's on that sense right um so it's it's really it's fascinating you you mentioned the dirty word of containment where where does that word pop up and what context is it used and and what is and what makes that such a dirty word well for me it's a dirty word because you know you you invest in 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 renewable energy capacities so you build renewable parks you have the you know the 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 possibility of using that energy which by the way due to the fact that you know technology is maturing and there's a, a global um, um a business around it the cost of the energy produced in the solar in the solar park or even the wind park actually beats already the um the most advanced and most efficient gas um, um uh, power plant so it's actually quite cheap or quite you know from economic point of view effective uh, to to produce um, green energy so it's not a burden anymore so you are you have that possibility to use and to produce and to use that energy and because you are simply not sure if your grid is able to handle it you disconnect it and you put in you know the former you know, carbon-based more expensive carbon-based you know emission uh, a pollu um, um, uh, emission generator generating um, um, power power plant. So that's why I say it's a dirty word in the sense that it just kind of relates on 
well, you are not using what you already built fully, right? And it has an impact. So um, in the UK alone, 2021, it was around 500, 000, uh, 500 million pounds, uh, the cost of containment. 800,000 homes could have been um, uh, supplied by, you know, green energy and they weren't because of, of, of curtailment. So it's, you know, it's, it's a philosophical, if you want, but it's also a very economical and environmental issue because, again, you are emitting more than you could and you are um, uh, producing cost when you, when you could avoid that with yeah. the capacity. Yeah, it makes sense. Why. I think it, it for everything that we're doing, where we're looking at alternatives that are more sustainable and renewable, um, you have to use the the data because it is a different game. I mean, we've changed the game in so many different sectors. You have to use uh, data and technology to make good decisions there, because in some cases that we're really costs become a real issue, and we have to use the efficiencies and just make smarter decisions uh, from that at scale. To make it work otherwise it's not going to work and then we will just continue leaning on old methods because well that's the way we, the systems have been built and the tools have been built um and it seems to be reliable and so it's a necessary change that we're going through um, absolutely for that who are and, the and fans thing, go ahead no I, I was just saying one thing that's fascinating so i've 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 uh, i i think i know quite well the energy market so i used to work in the energy market also previously to joining reactive um, and, you know, and utilities typically are perceived as um, highly conservative uh, companies. Um, well, uh, not, you know, speed is not um, typically one of the, one of the uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, attributes of, of these companies as they are known. And what's amazing is that, uh, you know, in what regards to our technology, in what regards to what we are doing, you know, it's, it's, it's they are behaving like startups in the sense of, Adopting technology, uh, new uh, establishing new best practices, uh, you know, adapting their own um, uh, processes and how they do planning and how they do uh, um, you know, grid control operations, um, moving faster, uh, finding you know uh, creative ways of how to introduce this. And this is also related to to to, to the need, right? It's also related to the need. So um, so it's amazing. It's really motivating to be to be part of this. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask is who who are the biggest fans that reactive technologies exist? I'm guessing it's the grid operators who uh, really have this objective in front of them and are, have been looking for a solution or realize that a solution is needed. Yeah, so uh, actually what's what's good is that we actually, um, so what, what we do actually has an interest all around the industry. So, you know, Governments or governmental bodies, uh, regulators, what we do in goes in, in line with the goals, which is, you know, speed up the renewables, lower the costs, uh, make it more sustainable, faster. So, you know, it's, 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 it's obviously we are not, they are not our direct customers, but what we do interests them. And so it's, it's something good for them. Uh, utilities, obviously, as as they are our direct um, 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 uh, customers, and and our value propositions go directly to them. Better planning, better operations, or safer operations. Um, but also, you know, the rest of the market actors, uh, you know, renewable um, uh, uh, developers, uh, renewable energy developers. If the if we are able to, um, you know, enable them to connect faster, and having to invest less 
than they would be asked to. That interests um, the, the developers, obviously, and also traders. So we have we have basically two products. So one is the one that's uh, focused for for utilities that is able to measure the grid uh, capacity to 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 stabilize itself. And this is basically, you know, just to give the jargons inertia for frequency and uh, system strength for uh, voltage. Basically, the ability to control the voltage um, um, waveforms and the ability and, the, and, 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 and how to measure the way that the grid controls the frequency. Um, but we also have another product for traders, which you know enables them to optimize and be able to uh, you know, bring bring the power from one side to the other in the most in the most efficient way. So it's basically it's quite holistic. Um, and and everybody's pushing for us, so that's also that's also a good um, good place to be. That's great when the industry and the gatekeepers and the influencers and everybody is all saying like, yes, this is necessary and this helps the whole system. Um, because without it, it's going to slow everything down. But I'm curious in the early days, or maybe even still, when you're talking to either grid operators or to traders, when you present and and you know reactive technologies and what you guys are doing. Is it a problem that they were actively trying to solve for and they were looking for a solution and now here you are and that's what they're looking for? Or was it you going in proactively and saying, this will be a problem and let's be proactive about this and here, which of those scenarios was it? Or maybe it's a mix of both. Yeah, so it's it's definitely, it, it is a mix of both. But I think that um, the phase where we actually, so Reactive was founded um, 2010. So we've been around. Right. First years was about you know developing the technology. Then 16 uh, to 2016 until 20, so four years doing POCs, you know, testing, validating technology globally. So we did from Japan, Italy, you know, UK, all over, different type of grids, topologies and energy mix, just to validate to make sure that everything's okay. And then we started our commercial. Um, operations, and we are now on the on the growth path, right? So there was a lot of um, kind of evangelizing at the beginning, because in fact, if you have um, it, you you start you start having or, or feeling a lot of issues from the kind of twenty percent, thirty percent of of renewables within 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 your mix. Then is when you know issues start popping up. So it also you know the ramping up of renewables is 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 quite steep. So when when we were still not there, you know it was about hey this is this is happening this is coming you need to be aware of it. So more of evangelizing. Of course, there's always innovative looking forward um, utilities and you know, national grid so in the UK is, is one of them. Um, so they were one clear you know front adopters or early adopters. Uh, but now the perception is there. So there's a lot of utilities already feeling the issue. Um, they are continue, you know, they are ones that they, they are not there yet, but they know that they will be. So they want to start early on. Um, so I mentioned National Grid um, ESO in the UK. Um, we are also in contract with Thai Power in Taiwan. So they are not yet there, but they know that's what's going to happen. So they've chosen the path to make this uh, very early on 
um, and be able to have the bias lining so that then whenever they have the, the, the higher renewables, they can actually understand what's going on against the bias lining. So, you know, very straightforward, very forward looking. We are working also with AMO from the Australian Grid. We are doing there uh, also our projects there. So, you know, it's, 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 it's already there. And so it's more about how can we implement our technology in the fastest ways possible um, and answer the question of the so what? Okay, so I'll have the data. What do I do with the data, right? And so we have, it's not about is the data important or not? Yes, it is. Now let's work together to understand how, what, how, how can I then use this data, integrate it and, and do better planning, do better operations or safe operations. Yeah. So I think we are in a good moment um, in the markets. Yeah. Do you feel like in conversations with uh, potential partners that there's still misconceptions that exist that you would love to see cleared up in advance? Um, well, yeah, well, I think that one misconception, which is less and less again, which is less and less. So is so our technology is quite unique. So it's it's really innovative. And this is because we actually threw in a very specific energy challenge, problem, topic, whatever we want to call it. But we we then threw that into a multi-skill team. So we had, you know, um, power engineers, uh, power systems engineers that really understand grids, telecom gurus, and really, really smart um, um, data guys. Yeah. So we actually looked at the problem through different lenses. And obviously, you will reach different solutions, right? Um, and so this, as it is so innovative, so different, and so unique, because we are alone in the market, nobody else can do this. Um, the, this first perception that, you know, it may be an R&D thing, interesting idea, let's see, can pop up. But it's less and less, because at the end of the day, it is innovative, but it's also mature because we are already doing this high accuracy, et cetera. So, and as it, you know, the, the, the case studies are there, everybody's talking about it, that misconception is, you know, less and less of an issue, but, you know, still, if there's a mis misconception that could, could happen or could pop up, that would be the one. Yeah. What do you think that is? Why do you think they look at this as maybe more of a R and D test phase thing or, and don't realize how mature it is. Is there a reason for that? I think it's just because it's different. Yeah, it's different. New way of doing things. Maybe it's not something Anyways, that they've really. And it's it's really different. So it's it's well well I'm actually now just thinking about it for the first time. So I said that we have a par paradigm shift, right? Yeah. From conventional to renewables. Actually, this solution is also a paradigm shift. Yes. Because you know, in energy world, you work with high power, and we are. You know, looking at this and attaching this with very low power. Um, it's a world in hertz, let's say uh, one, cy one cycle per second. We are looking at this at the 48 kilohertz, the 48,000 cycles per second, um, because we are looking at it from a telecom perspective, 
of how to approach an issue versus an energy perspective of how to approach an issue. So it's so different that one says, oh, this is interesting, but um, okay, uh, what's it all about? Is this like a trial? Well, does it work? Um, so, you know, and I think humans have this natural reaction to whatever's different. You can kind of say, hmm, let me understand it. Again, as we are, you know, putting up more and more projects, more and more, you know, customers, etc. this perception goes down and down. Actually, we don't need to, so, you know, when we were starting selling, we had to go through this kind of, so our sales decks were very technical, right? So we do it like this, this is a technique, we install this kind of sensors, we, you know, we insert a very small power pulse into the grid, and we do this, this, and so we have kind of the need to explain how we do it, Nowadays, it's say we go into a and say, okay, we know all about you. You know, this is our use case. This is our problem statement. Can you help us out? So it's we are a bit past that phase. Yeah, um, that's how it always starts, right? You always start with a little bit more education to get that credibility. Then pretty soon you've got it. You've been validated. And now we can just talk about, you know, solutions and outcomes. But yeah. I assume that because there, there is a larger paradigm shift happening and you yourselves are sort of part of that paradigm shift. And that can be perceived as risk. And in many cases, you're talking to people who are held up to these standards of stability and affordability and accessibility. And so this idea of shifting is, ooh, this is scary. This is risky. But this isn't turning around. We're not going backwards and we're not, it's not a possibility to stay with the same methods that we've always had. So to me, the greater risk is to not adopt these types of methodologies and tools and still be marching forward, as you said, flying blind. So the risk is to not educate yourself and get smart on this stuff and start to adopt it. Um, so it's in fact, the opposite of a risk. It is the safest way to move down this path that we're all going to move down. Exactly, exactly. And don't get me wrong. So when I say that they, they are uh, running blind, it's not that they don't know, they don't know what, what what they're doing. Of course, they know what they're doing. So we don't, we're not seeing the blackout happening all over, right? So they have very experienced people. They know how to run the grid. But of course, if you don't have the transparency, if you don't have the data, you cannot go the extra mile. You cannot go to the uncharted territory. And that's what we do. We bring, you know, data, knowledge, to the uncharted territory. And it's very interesting. So in all of the customers that we have, once the data is in, it changes everything. And 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 we you know the rhythm that we are um, developing new services, new data services, is massive because once the data is in, you know, immediately say, well, oh, this is interesting. We've never saw this. Actually, this can kind of relates to the issue that we've been seeing, but we couldn't really um, tackle. Can you help us out, you know, analyzing this kind of um, 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 effect that we are seeing? And then, of course, we can. We see it. Right. So actually, what you need is a different service like this, this, and that. And, and it's just it's the innovation rhythm is is massive. And this is, it, it, to your point, Justin, is exactly that. It's not a risk. It's an opportunity. Um, yeah. As you look forward over the next, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 years, uh, what do you see on the horizon for the industry, for grid operators, for Reactive itself? Anything that you're seeing, you're like, wow, we're we're getting there at, at a good pace, or maybe we're a little bit behind, but we're going to get there? Well, that's that's that's, pretty, that's a good question. Actually, we tried to answer that in our past in our strategic workshops. <laughs> What's there in the next 15 to 20 years? 
Um, well, if I knew, I would be betting on stock exchange heavily. <laughs> <laughs> if you have some ideas, just I'm taking notes. Know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think, I, I really think that um, this sector, particularly this sector, that was, as I said before, typically very conservative um, and slow paced moving, it will change in a heartbeat. So we see it already, we feel it, you know, the rate of adoption is greater, the openness to, to try new solutions and to change uh, how, how things are done is there. And I think that's the spark that will ignite a complete transformation of, of also the sector. So I think this will, we will progress um, very fast um, um, and very soon. And that will trigger innovation that will trigger a completely different way of, of handling things. So, you know, will the, the grid, the, 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 you know, will the energy sector of the future or the electricity sector of the future be completely you know, uh, decentralized, and we will have the capacity through, you know, machine learning AI to kind of uh, manage and coordinate uh, to a level of complexity that you can optimize to the maximum uh, of your power output. Maybe, maybe I would love to see it. Or you know, your this is more of a one to three years now, but your EV car, it's a moving battery. So it's a participant in the in 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 the system, but you know what else is there, um, and how much can we handle? Because at the end of the day, as the power system went from a centralized mode to a decentralized mode with the renewables, the management of the grid can also go from a centralized to a decentralized. And it's just a question of the power of computing and the and, and the capacity that we have to handle all of this, and um, you know. Once quantum computers hit, you know, what was past, um, what the future just says that the past is a lie, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, just exciting times ahead of us. It is. It's, it's fun mental gymnastics to kind of think through, like, what is, what path are we on and where are we going to get? And what are the things that we haven't yet identified that are going to emerge? And it's like, oh, of course, so we didn't see that coming, but that's... You know, that's interesting too, so. But I do anticipate that this kind of, as as we were in our beginning, you know, multi-skilled. So, you know, the, I'm very sure that the electricity grid would be used for far more things than just pushing electrons. But also the communications uh, infrastructure will probably be used for far more things than just pushing, you know, um, data packages over the air. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. Hey everyone, we've learned a lot from this podcast series and we've put the good stuff in a handful of PDF frameworks. It's topics like messaging, channel strategy, and market fit. You can grab them at nativedigital.com slash resources.